Thanks for downloading a 3CR podcast. 3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne, Australia. We need your financial support to keep going. Go to www.3cr.org.au for more information and to donate online. Organic Friends of the Earth. Activism. Underground. Political action. Necessary. Wind farms. Indigenous struggles. Land rights. Anti-nuclear. Nanotechnology. Climate change. Coal barons. Mining magnates. Activists. Educating. Communities. Transforming. Communities. Mobilising a sustainable planet. Get involved now. Friends of the Earth. Friends of the Earth. Friends of the Earth. Dirt Radio. And good morning, Uh, you're with Sam. I'm flying solo for our first show back because Jack was double booked. Uh, Jack will be back next week with me on Dirt Radio. Uh, Welcome everybody to 2023. I want to acknowledge that we are broadcasting live from stolen Wurundjeri lands. Uh, This is land that has never been ceded. And to this day, uh, recompense has never been paid for the frontier wars. Uh, and the occupation of the land. I want to acknowledge the role also uh, that Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people play in our struggles for environmental and social justice and pay my respects to Elders past and present. Uh, On today's show, we're going to be talking with Wendy Farmer and Pat Simons from the Yes to Renewables Collective at Friends of the Earth here in Melbourne. Uh, There's been a lot of movement going on with renewable energy. And while I'm just lining up, getting them on the phone and into the studio, we're going to go to a track. And uh, hopefully by the time we come back, I'll have one of them on the line or in the room. You're on Dirt Radio with Sam on 3CR. And uh, we'll be back momentarily.
That's right. People have the power. Uh, and we are actually talking about power today. Uh, just going to see if I can get uh, Wendy. Are you there? Hello, Wendy. Are you there? Hi. Yes. Can you hear me? I can hear you very well. Thank you for joining us this morning. Oh, it's a pleasure. Uh, yeah. Uh, so we just uh, were hearing a little song from Patty Smith there. People have the power. Uh, we want all the power to all the people all the time, Wendy, don't we? We absolutely do, and I really love that song. And not only in the influence of power as in generation, but also people do have the power. We we never gave away our power. Yes. It's ours, and often people feel powerless because they feel that others have power. Mm. But, of course, we've, we should never have given our power away. If we did take it back, it's our power. We can make change. And that is what we are doing at Friends of the Earth. Uh, Wendy, you're part of the Yes to Renewables uh, Collective, and you're out in the Latrobe Valley. And uh, I've got Pat Simons walking into the studio as we speak. Hey, Pat. Uh, he'll be on air very soon with you, Wendy. But tell us a little bit about what you're doing out in the Latrobe Valley for Yester Renewables at Friends of the Earth. Well, as most people would know, Latrobe Valley is the centre of the um, energy for Victoria. Or, well, it's the centre, I should say, really, because as power becomes distributed. Um, so we're really just making sure that, you know, Latrobe Valley is included in the changes that are happening, the um, decentralisation of energy, but also that really good projects are happening on the ground here, and um, you know which are good for the people, but also for the environment. Now, Wendy, you've been campaigning for people in the Latrobe Valley for a very, very long time. Uh, you know, I remember back when uh, COP twenty one was happening in Paris, uh, and we just come out of like the huge fires that had happened uh, out in the valley. Um, can you tell us a little bit about what motivated you to become an organiser and, yeah, activist around energy and around your area of the world? Well, what, what activated me was that Hazelwood mine fire and actually seeing that people did feel powerless, that people mm. were being told um, or given messages, but they weren't what was actually happening on the ground, you know, and there was a real health impact through that Hazelwood mine fire yeah, it burnt for 45 days. It smouldered after that. Mm. It was just a really thick smoke that people were breathing all the time and we were told it was okay. You know, just don't breathe the air when it's really bad. <laughs> just stop um, breathing for a little bit, Wendy. Exactly. Yeah. Just, you know, or go inside and your houses were also full of smoke. You know, there was no escape unless you left the whole area. Um, and that was really what got... Um, took me on the path of campaigning. I wasn't a campaigner beforehand. I was actually just a fairly quiet person. But Mm. I realised that I had to stand up. And I think as we know things um, need to change, we actually need to be prepared to stand up and make a difference. That is very true. I want to welcome Pat Simons to the conversation. Hey, Pat. Hey, Sam. Hey, Wendy. Happy 2023. Happy New Year's. Here we are, all back on deck. Um, Pat, you've heard a little bit of the conversation with Wendy. Uh, let's uh, move to talking about what is going on in Yes to Renewables. There seems mm. to be a lot of movement around renewable energy at the moment. Yeah, well, last year, 2022, was a bit of a watershed year uh, for renewable energy. And o- over the years, we've had many, many wins. and but last year was a, a bit of a breakthrough year. Mm-hmm. Uh, so um, off the back of our work alongside the unions, um, we saw the passage of national offshore wind legislation. That was at the end of 2021. And, and this is just in Victoria for the listeners. This is not national. No, so that was national le- oh, legislation. National. So that was back in 2021. And that, that base, we were campaigning alongside the unions Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, Wendy's been working on that in the Valley as well, telling that story. Mm-hmm. And um, that has basically enabled new offshore wind projects to go ahead. Mm-hmm. So we don't have an offshore wind industry. We've got an onshore renewable energy industry, mm-hmm. you know, wind, solar. Uh, and because of being able to build um, projects offshore, um, you know, in in the sea, mm-hmm. in the water, um, that has basically enabled governments to go even further with their ambition. And so what we saw uh, in 2022 Mm -hmm. uh, was in the lead up to the Vic state election, the Andrews government 
um, made that extraordinary announcement around reviving the State Electricity Commission, which mm, is really cool because, yes, yes. you know, it's it's shifted the conversation yes. away just from that kind of growth-oriented um, mindset or investment-oriented mindset and mm. towards we're doing this for public benefit mm. and we're going to, you know, create lots of apprenticeships and this is about, you know, bringing the, the future of the energy system back home and in public hands. Yes. So that's that's massive. But they also expanded the renewable energy target. So they've gone from 50% by 2030 mm-hmm. to setting a target of 95% by 2035. So that that is hugely significant. One that's, of the, a, that's a big up, yeah. That's one of the most, that's, yeah. you know, obviously ACT, small place, it's got 100% renewables. Yeah, yeah. But um, for Victoria, such a, a big uh, state, uh, mm. highly populated state, industrial base, uh, to set a target that ambitious, mm. you know, in just just a bit over a decade is really significant for Australia. And that yes. it was really the, um, the campaigning around offshore wind that has enabled them to go further and also to put that aspect of public benefit and ownership back into the mix. So yeah, really, really incredibly important, yeah. That's what we were uh, talking about when Wendy came on, uh, based on the Patti Smith song that I was playing. Um, all the power to all the people all the time. It's really interesting, just in my lifetime, we've gone full circle, you know, mm. growing up in the 70s and 80s uh, as a teenager. Um, <clears throat> of course, I saw the privatisation through the Howard era of basically everything. Uh, and now it seems like we're spinning back the other way. I guess mm. the question is, how do we build uh, this new people power? Mm. <laughs> Excuse me, punning on this <laughs> the whole show. But how do we build that where it's not a monopoly of a corporation working with a government in a hybrid partnership? Mm. How do we build it in a way where it's not... Um, this bureaucratic government-centric model that actually, you know, still rips people off with costs mm. and, yeah, how do we decentralise this and really put it in people's hands? It's a really good question. And it, <laughs> Sorry, it, it, it's probably a hard question for the start No, it, it totally fits where we're at Yeah, uh, because what we've seen is the government, we've got all these big wins when it comes to the large scale, mm. you know, got the renewable energy target, mm-hmm. they're running the auctions, they're building projects, mm. they're doing it on the SEC, they're going to do offshore wind as well. Mm. So that, for the bulk of our energy supply, that is really important for, you know, essentially building mm. the generation that will replace coal as coal closes. Yeah. But what is also happening is that the government is sliding backwards when it comes to the community led and community owned um, Mm. renewable energy projects, those smaller projects, which are more around the resilience of communities to be, you know, building their own energy independence. Um, So what we also saw last year was that the state government uh, cut funding um, to the community Mm. power hubs program, uh, which is basically a program that they established these community power hubs throughout the state. I think there was about six. Mm. And they were intended to basically skill up local communities to learn about the energy system, um, Mm. create their own projects, uh, and really from the bottom up. Great program. was not a lot of money, maybe $2.5 million, which is a drop in the water of a state budget. Um, But they decided that it was no longer worthwhile, mm. which was, you know, counter to all the evaluations of the program, which found that it was really effective and brought a lot of people on board. Mm. So, yeah, we, we're definitely at this point where we'll, we've got these wins on the large-scale stuff, but mm. we actually need to recultivate the strength of the, that sort of community-led, um, community-owned energy. So I think that's something that will be a focus for, for Wendy and I. Yeah. <laughs> well, I was just going to come back to you, Wendy, and say... You know, what, what's what's the story on the ground? You're living in an area and working in an area where, you know, people have spent uh, generations uh, working in coal mines and dealing with coal energy systems. Uh, what, what are the people feeling in the local area? Do they want to transition out of this? 
Uh, is there resistance? Uh, I know after Hazelwood, a, a lot of people that were working in that industry wanted a way out. And I know Friends of the Earth are amazing at not only looking at how to resist the problems, but finding pathways, solutions and transitions. Uh, what's the mood in the local environment around people that have been working in the industry? Yeah, so the mood around the people actually working in the industry, they know that the changes are happening and they understand that they need to happen. It's been a really mixed um, feeling around the whole community as such, though, because some of the community members that are so used to just having power stations and relying on coal-fired power stations for their energy and they don't actually understand energy, they actually are um, troubled by that change and they don't understand how it will um, work. So a lot of our work on the ground has also been really um, helping people understand, you know, renewable energy. Then it can will keep the lights on. It will actually power our homes and, you know, even our cars in the end. Um, so a lot of our work on the ground is, you know, talking to people and helping them understand the energy system this, this community, Latrobe Valley, is transitioning, there is no doubt, and the conversations have changed from two years ago where we may transition to we are transitioning. Mm. But one of the things that we're really seeing is it's happening much faster than we even expected. Um, you know, we're seeing earlier announcements of um, coal-fired power station closures, um, so we need to make sure that we get a good energy supply from renewable energies into the grid. What's really interesting, though, is we've still got a lot of community organisations and groups that are looking at how their communities can benefit from the new energy systems, how their, their community groups can own community energy and actually that have the money go back into their local community. Hayfield is one particular um, community that community that keeps um, going forward and we've got a blog that we just put on Yes to Renewables recently about they've looked at a microgrid for Hayfield, um, they've got lots of um, solar panels on homes and how they can actually put batteries or what, what is next. So they're sitting together working out what is next for their community and how can they build that community power, not only energy but people working together. But as I said, there's many examples right across Gippsland of communities working together, brains together, but they do also need that support, as Pat said, mm. of government in supporting them to actually go that next step further. It's great to have the ideas. Mm. They do need a backing to put these projects forward. Mm. And that's where I think the government has a role to play in whether it's for community power hubs or some other model to support communities. It's really interesting that you, you said earlier, Wendy, that, you know, needing to actually explain to people in the local community how this is going to work, what it means by renewable energy. Um, <clears throat> I'm just wondering, both Wendy and Pat, uh, over the years we have seen uh, an extraordinary amount of misinformation, disinformation, climate denialism basically ran the Liberal Party for a decade. Uh uh, you know, and further than that, it was, you know, through think tanks, you know, things like the IPA, uh, the Heartland Institute in America, mm -hmm. that, you know, it all tracks back to propaganda and, mm. you know, it was out in the paper again that ExxonMobil knew in, you know, 1970s what the hell they were doing and decided to embark on propaganda to cover it up. I know personally from working with you, Pat, that you have faced many an anti-wind troll. Uh, and, of course, we had those amazing inquiries into wind where mm. David Leinhelm was uh, very committed to telling uh, groups of Friends of the Earth protesters to go F themselves <laughs> as he walked in and out of the inquiries. Mm. Uh, it was a real witch hunt uh, on the industry and on uh, change. Do you think that that's impacted uh, the speed and the capacity for people to understand what's going on? Oh, absolutely. And I think that, you know, particularly over that period, sort of the Abbott years yeah. and then into the, you Turnbull. know... Turnbull. <laughs> when Turnbull was in power, there was a lot, you know, in response to the South Australian blackout and which yeah, was caused yeah. by a storm. Yeah. That knocked over transmission towers, but people said, oh, it's Really? Renewable. The meme told me it was the towers <laughs> fighting with each other. So... I think that that definitely contributed to the delay, that sort of lost decade yeah. of climate action, 
because it, it sows discontent and division in communities mm. um, and confuses people about about this technology, which mm. is a benign technology. Yeah. Um, but, you know, it can make people afraid. Mm. And, you know, if if you are living in a small town or a regional area, you really value your backyard and there's a, a new wind farm, mm-hmm. um, sometimes, you know, people react to that because it's, it's sort of industrial um, energy yeah. infrastructure. Yeah. That's fine, but it's what that misinformation uh, does mm-hmm. is... It kind of just sends out all these mixed messages that this is something to fear rather than yes. something that this is something to understand and and learn about and you know accept or put or put restrictions around. Yeah. So it makes it really difficult for communities to make informed decisions about how they want to engage with the renewable energy sector, mm-hmm. how they want to engage with new projects that are proposed in their backyard. Uh, and I think what we're seeing now is that sort of propaganda, it's shifted and changed in a, a different way now. Um, mm. Before it might have been very media-based, whereas now it's it's all digital. Yes. And and, and a big one is this kind of um, renewables are bad for, for nature. That's kind of one of mm. the disinformation campaigns. Mm. Uh, there was a study done on globally, what are the top five disinformation campaigns of all issues? And it's things like... Um, Issues around the rights of transgender people yeah. uh, and uh, a, a number of different things, but mm. the sort of um, supposed environmental impacts of renewables is 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 within that yeah. um, that global sort of misinformation ca- campaign that comes from the right. Mm-hmm. Very sophisticated, operates on social media, um, you know, sort of Facebook advertising that gets into your your brain, yes. and then all of a sudden people are posting it on their own little groups and they become the vectors that spread the information in their community. So we're dealing with a very complex information environment. Mm. And so for a campaign, it's very challenging to figure out how to respond to that. Um, But social media is essential. And there are sometimes real conflicts between habitats and renewable projects. And I know at Friends of the Earth, we've navigated that with, you know, the Streslecki koalas and... Um, we try to work together to find a pathway through, obviously. Um, but, but what the disinformation does is that prevents you from addressing the real problem. Yes. Because you're yes. you're kind of fighting shadows rather than yeah. dealing with the reality of a situation where you can say this is the boundary and, and yeah. this is where it's good and this is where it's bad. Um, uh, and, Wendy, have you, have you noticed the impacts of, you know, uh, many years of right-wing propaganda on the renewable energy uh, um, out in the valley? Is that something that comes up? Um, yeah, so I actually think that is the cause of why there has been, you know, what has created the fear and that misunderstanding. And, you know, we've seen um, politics, you know, stand up and say coal is good for humanity and you know, <laughs> this, this is <laughs> coal, do not be scared, rock. you know. But we saw these sort of campaigns, um, if I can go back, you know, many years and mm. been a little bit older, and that's in this anti, you know, smoking. Yes, You yes. know, smoking is good for you. So we're seeing that, you know, industry that have got lots of money behind them will actually back these campaigns Mm. to actually grasp onto what they've got so they don't lose it. I think, you know, one of of the um, work that Friends of the Earth do really good in our campaign is actually looking at those environmental impacts and making sure that, you know, we we can be on top of those. So we Mm. don't have that time to be, you know, answering every question on what you can find on Google because Google will tell you lots of things. Google will actually give you the answer you want to know if you want to look. Um, Google it, mate. Or Google it. Yeah. Google can also it. give you fine. some odd, odd responses. <laughs> but, you know, we have to also look at the actual facts right now mm. and that is what the, the damage that what we're doing to the environment and to humans and to animals mm. from burning coal... Mm. Exactly. It's real. We're facing it. You know, this community Yeah, that often gets it. lost. It does. It does. It really gets lost. And I can... Mm. I'm actually standing at the top of my house at the moment. We've got a double-storey house, so not on the roof. And I can see 
um, the power station just from my home. Yeah. You know, but I also know the coal dust that we live with every day. Yes. I know the, um, you know, the rubbish that gets into our homes and into our, you know, and our kids' trampoline and things like that. You know, the coal mm. dust, it's real. Mm. It's damaging our environment. I, I, I see the health impacts around me. So when we actually um, want to fight, <laughs> I think... And what's interesting in that, so I'm just going to drop that other one for a minute. Yeah, absolutely. What's interesting is that when we're starting to move these um, new energy sources to different areas, these are areas that have never had to be part of the energy system. Mm. They've actually walked into their house and they've flicked their light on and they haven't had to think about where their energy comes from. Yeah. And they haven't had to think about the impact to the environment or mm. the people around power stations. So as we change, we will have people going, but I had a green paddock there, mm. but I don't like it. If, if it changes. I remember um, driving along the freeway just after the Hazelwood mine fire and actually seeing the burnt trees along the freeway. The first mm. time I drove past there, my stomach fell. You know, my heart sunk. I was just like, wow. Yes. After a couple of days, it was like, oh, that's really bad. After a week, I don't think I noticed it anymore. Yeah, it's So when amazing. we're building new yeah. things and putting new things in, there will be a wow factor mm. until you actually don't notice it anymore. And I think this is where we have to come to the understanding that the brain accepts what is out there and we've got to make sure that we make sure that those what is out there is actually done really good. Yeah, I think you're absolutely right. Uh, I... Honestly, I could keep talking to you both forever. We haven't even touched on, um, you know, the intellectual debate around rare earths and how we produce um, mm. renewable technology, which obviously, you know, if you speak to people in other parts of the world, it's a problem. Um, and, yeah, would definitely love to get you back on and continue this conversation of, you know, threading the pathways through that are still so necessary to get us off coal, um, but also addressing those, you know, really common discussions that we hear at the pub and mm. in activist circles all around the world. Uh, I was recently uh, last year in the Netherlands for a phone meeting and my Argentinian comrade uh, kept pointing at every electric car going, Argentinian lithium, Argentinian mm. lithium. Or Australian lithium. Or Australian you know. Australia lithium. Australia is one of the yeah, biggest yeah, yeah. exporters of lithium in the world. Exactly. Yeah. So it would be really great to sort of, deconstruct that a little mm. bit in another show because I know it's something that comes up again and again in conversation. I think that would be useful, yeah. I don't think we have time to do it now. In fact, we are out of time. I'm going to say goodbye to both of you. It's been a lovely first show back. Wonderful to have you on the line, Wendy. Thank you for joining us. You're listening to Community Radio. 3CR. 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 8.55 a.m. David Bowie, I think. Pat, I'll see you soon back on Dirt Radio. See you soon. It's 2023. Oh, my God. Let's go with David Bowie changes because it feels like this year is all about changes. And my time was running wild A million dead-end streets And every time I thought I got it made It seemed the taste was not so sweet So I turned myself to face me But I've never caught a glimpse How the others must see the faker I'm much too fast to take that test Ch-ch-ch-changes Turn and face the strange Ch-ch-changes Don't wanna be a richer man Ch-ch-ch-changes Turn and face the strange Ch-ch-changes It's gonna have to be a different man Now may change me 
organic. Friends of the earth. Activism. Underground. Political action. Necessary. Wind farms. Indigenous struggles. Land rights. Anti-nuclear. Nanotechnology. Climate change. Coal barons. Mining magnates. Activists. Bull. Educating. Communities. Transforming. Communities. Mobilizing a sustainable planet. Get involved now. Friends of the earth. Friends of the earth. Friends of the earth. Dirt radio. And good morning, uh, you're with Sam. I'm flying solo for our first show back because Jack was double booked. Uh, Jack will be back next week with me on Dirt Radio. Uh, welcome everybody to 2023. I want to acknowledge that we are broadcasting live from stolen Wurundjeri lands. Uh, this is land that has never been ceded. And to this day, uh, recompense has never been paid for the frontier wars uh, and the occupation of the land. I want to acknowledge the role also uh, that Aboriginal and Tor- Torres Strait Islander people play in our struggles for environmental and social justice and pay my respects to elders past and present. Uh, on today's show, we're going to be talking with Wendy Farmer and Pat Simons from the Yes to Renewables Collective at Friends of the Earth here in Melbourne. Uh, There's been a lot of movement going on with renewable energy and while I'm just lining up getting them on the phone and into the studio, we're going to go to a track and uh, hopefully by the time we come back I'll have one of them on the line or in the room. You're on Dirt Radio with Sam on 3CR and uh, we'll be back momentarily.
That's right. People have the power. Uh, and we are actually talking about power today. Uh, just going to see if I can get uh, Wendy. Are you there? Hello, Wendy. Are you there? Hi. Yes. Can you hear me? I can hear you very well. Thank you for joining us this morning. Oh, it's a pleasure. Uh, yeah. Uh, so we just uh, were hearing a little song from Patty Smith there, People Have the Power. Uh, we want all the power to all the people all the time, Wendy, don't we? We absolutely do, and I really love that song. And not only in the influence of power as in generation, but also people do have the power. We, we never gave away our power. Yes. It's ours. And often people feel powerless because they feel that others have power. Mm. But, of course, we've, we should never have given our power away. And if we did take it back, it's our power. We can make change. And that is what we are doing at Friends of the Earth. Uh, Wendy, you're part of the Yes to Renewables uh, Collective and you're out in the Latrobe Valley. And uh, I've got Pat Simons walking into the studio as we speak. Hey, Pat. Uh, he'll be on air very soon with you, Wendy. But tell us a little bit about what you're doing out in the Latrobe Valley for Yes to Renewables at Friends of the Earth. Well, as most people would know, Latrobe Valley is the centre of the um, energy for Victoria, or what's well, the centre, I should say, really, because as power becomes distributed. Um, so we're really just making sure that, you know, Latrobe Valley is included in the changes that are happening, the um, decentralisation of energy, but also that really good projects are happening on the ground here, and um, you know, which are good for the people but also for the environment. Now, Wendy, you've been campaigning for people in the Latrobe Valley for a very, very long time. Uh, you know, I remember back when uh, COP21 was happening in Paris uh, and we'd just come out of, like, the huge fires that had happened uh, out in the valley. Um, can you tell us a little bit about what motivated you to become an organiser and, yeah, activist around energy and around your area of the world? Well, what, what activated me was that Hazelwood Mine Fire and actually seeing that people did feel powerless, that mm. people were being told um, or given messages, but they weren't what was actually happening on the ground, you know, and there was a real health impact through that Hazelwood Mine Fire. You know, it burnt for 45 days. It smouldered after that. Mm. It was just a really thick smoke that people were breathing all the time and we were told it was okay. You know, just don't breathe the air when it's really bad. Yes. Just stop um, breathing for a little bit, Wendy. Exactly. Yeah. Just, you know, or go inside and your houses were also full of smoke. You know, there was no escape unless you left the whole area. Um, and that was really what got um, took me on the path of campaigning. I wasn't a campaigner beforehand. I was actually just a fairly quiet person. But mm. I realised that I had to stand up. And I think as we know things... Um, need to change we actually need to be prepared to stand up and make a difference that is very true i want to welcome pat simons to the conversation hey pat hey sam hey wendy happy 2023 happy new year's here we are all back on deck um pat you've heard a little bit of the conversation with wendy uh let's uh move to talking about what is going on in yes to renewables there seems Mm. to be a lot of movement around renewable energy at the moment yeah, well, last year, 2022, was a bit of a watershed year uh, for renewable energy. And o- over the years, we've had many, many wins. and But last year was a, a bit of a breakthrough year. Mm-hmm. Uh, so um, off the back of our work alongside the unions, um, we saw the passage of national offshore wind legislation. That was at the end of 2021. And, and this is just in Victoria for the listeners. This is not national. No, so that was national le- oh, this legislation. Is national. So that was back in 2021, and that that base we were campaigning alongside the unions, mm-hmm. um, and you know Wendy's been working on that in the valley as well, telling that story, mm-hmm. and um, that has basically enabled new offshore wind projects to go ahead. Mm-hmm. So we don't have an offshore wind industry. We've got an onshore renewable energy industry. Mm-hmm. You know, wind, solar. Uh, and because of being able to build um, projects offshore, um, you know, in in the sea, mm. in the water, um, that has basically enabled governments to go even further with yeah. their ambition. And so what we saw uh, in 2022 mm-hmm. uh, was in the lead up to the Vic state election, the Andrews government 
um, made that extraordinary announcement around reviving the State Electricity Commission, which mm, is really cool because, yes. you yes. know, it's it's shifted the conversation yes. away just from that kind of growth-oriented um, mindset or investment-oriented mindset and mm. towards we're doing this for public benefit mm. and we're going to, you know, create lots of apprenticeships and this is about, you know, bringing the, the future of the energy system back home and in public hands. Yes. So that's that's massive. But they also expanded the renewable energy target. So they've gone from 50% by 2030 mm-hmm. to setting a target of 95% by 2035. So that that is hugely significant. One that's, of the, a, that's a big up, yeah. That's one of the most, that's, yeah. you know, obviously ACT, small place, it's got 100% renewables. Yeah, yeah. But um, for Victoria, such a, a big uh, state, a uh, mm. highly populated state, industrial base, uh, to set a target that ambitious, mm. you know, in just just a bit over a decade is really significant for Australia. And that yes. it was really the um, the campaigning around offshore wind that has enabled them to go further and also to put that aspect of public benefit and ownership back into the mix. So yeah, really, really incredibly important, yeah. That's what we were uh, talking about when Wendy came on uh, based on the Patti Smith song that I was playing. Um, all the power to all the people all the time. It's really interesting just in my lifetime we've gone full circle, you know, mm. growing up in the 70s and 80s uh, as a teenager. Um, <clears throat> of course, I saw the privatisation through the Howard era of basically everything. Uh, and now it seems like we're spinning back the other way. I guess mm. the question is, how do we build uh, this new people power? Mm. <laughs> Excuse me, punning on this <laughs> the whole show. But how do we build that where it's not a monopoly of a corporation working with a government in a hybrid partnership? Mm. How do we build it in a way where it's not... Um, this bureaucratic government-centric model that actually, you know, still rips people off with costs mm. and, yeah, how do we decentralise this and really put it in people's hands? It's a really good question. And it, <laughs> Sorry, it, it, it's probably a hard question for the start. No, it, it totally fits where we're at Yeah, uh, right. because what we've seen is the government, we've got all these big wins when it comes to the large scale, mm. you know, got the renewable energy target, mm-hmm. they're running the auctions, they're building projects, mm. they're doing on the SEC, they're going to do offshore wind as well. Mm. So that, for the bulk of our energy supply, that is really important for, you know, essentially building mm. the generation that will replace coal as coal closes. Yeah. But what is also happening is that the government is sliding backwards when it comes to the community led and community owned um, Mm. renewable energy projects, those smaller projects, which are more around the resilience of communities to be, you know, building their own energy independence. Yeah. Um, So what we also saw last year was that the state government uh, cut funding um, to the community Mm. power hubs program, uh, which is basically a program that they established these community power hubs throughout the state. I think there was about six. Mm. And they were intended to basically skill up local communities to learn about the energy system, um, Mm. create their own projects, uh, and really from the bottom up. Great program. was not a lot of money, maybe $2.5 million, which is a drop in the water of a state budget. Um, But they decided that it was no longer worthwhile, mm. which was, you know, counter to all the evaluations of the program, which found that it was really effective and brought a lot of people on board. So, yeah, we, we're definitely at this point where we'll, we've got these wins on the large-scale stuff, but we actually need to recultivate the strength of the, that sort of community-led, um, community-owned energy. So I think that's something that will be a focus for, for Wendy and I. Yeah. Well, I was just going to come back to you, Wendy, and say... You know, what, what's what's the story on the ground? You're living in an area and working in an area where, you know, people have spent uh, generations uh, working in coal mines and dealing with coal energy systems. 
what what are the people feeling in the local area? Do they want to transition out of this? Uh, is there resistance? Uh, I know after Hazelwood, a, a lot of people that were working in that industry wanted a way out. And I know Friends of the Earth are amazing at not only looking at how to resist the problems, but finding pathways, solutions and transitions. Uh, what's the mood in the local environment around people that have been working in the industry? Yeah, so the mood around the people actually working in the industry, they know that the changes are happening and they understand that they need to happen. It's been a really mixed um, feeling around the whole community as such, though, because some of the community members that are so used to just having power stations and relying on coal-fired power stations for their energy and they don't actually understand energy, they actually are um, troubled by that change and they don't understand how it will um, work. So a lot of our work on the ground has also been really um, helping people understand, you know, renewable energy. Then it can, will keep the lights on. It will actually power our homes and, you know, even our cars in the end. Um, so a lot of our work on the ground is, you know, talking to people and helping them understand the energy system this, this community, Latrobe Valley, is transitioning. There is no doubt. And the conversations have changed from two years ago where we may transition to we are transitioning. Mm. But one of the things that we're really seeing is it's happening much faster than we even expected. Um, you know, we're seeing earlier announcements of um, coal-fired power station closures. Um, so we need to make sure that we get a good energy supply from renewable energies into the grid. What's really interesting, though, is we've still got a lot of community organisations and groups that are looking at how their communities can benefit from the new energy systems, how their, their community groups can own community energy and actually that have the money go back into their local community. Hayfield is one particular um, community that community that keeps um, going forward and we've got a blog that we just put on Yes to Renewables recently about they've looked at a microgrid for Hayfield, um, they've got lots of um, solar panels on homes and how they can actually put batteries or what, what is next. So they're sitting together working out what is next for their community and how can they build that community power, not only energy but people working together. But as I said, there's many examples right across Gippsland of communities working together, brains together, but they do also need that support, as Pat said, mm. of government in supporting them to actually go that next step further. It's great to have the ideas. Mm. They do need a backing to put these projects forward. Mm. And that's where I think the government has a role to play in whether it's the community power hubs or some other model to support communities. It's really interesting that you, you said earlier, Wendy, that, you know, needing to actually explain to people in the local community how this is going to work, what it means by renewable energy. Um, <clears throat> I'm just wondering, both Wendy and Pat, uh, over the years we have seen uh, an extraordinary amount of misinformation, disinformation, climate denialism basically ran the Liberal Party for a decade. Uh uh, you know, and further than that, it was, you know, through think tanks, you know, things like the IPA, uh, the Heartland Institute in America, mm -hmm. that, you know, it all tracks back to propaganda and, mm. you know, it was out in the paper again that ExxonMobil knew in, you know, 1970s what the hell they were doing and decided to embark on propaganda to cover it up. I know personally from working with you, Pat, that you have faced many an anti-wind troll. Uh, and, of course, we had those amazing inquiries into wind where mm. David Leinhelm was uh, very committed to telling uh, groups of Friends of the Earth protesters to go F themselves <laughs> as he walked in and out of the inquiries. Mm. Uh, it was a real witch hunt uh, on the industry and on uh, change. Do you think that that's impacted uh, the speed and the capacity for people to understand what's going on? Oh, absolutely. And I think that, you know, particularly over that period, sort of the Abbott years yeah. and then into the, you Turnbull. know... Turnbull. When Turnbull was in power, there was a lot, you know, in response to the South Australian blackout and which yeah, was caused yeah. by a storm. Yeah. That knocked over transmission towers, but people said, oh, it's Really? Renewable. The meme told me it was the towers <laughs> fighting with each other. So... 
I think that that definitely contributed to the delay, that sort of lost decade of climate action, because it it sows discontent and division in communities Mm. um, and confuses people about about this technology, which Mm. is a benign technology. Yeah. but you know it can make people afraid mm. and you know if if you are living in a small town or a regional area you really value your backyard and there's a a new wind farm mm. um sometimes you know people react to that because it's it's sort of industrial um energy yeah. infrastructure yeah that's fine but it's what that misinformation uh does mm. is it kind of just sends out all these mixed messages that this is something to fear rather than yes. something that this is something to understand and and learn about and you know accept or put or put restrictions around yeah so it makes it really difficult for communities to make informed decisions about how they want to engage with the renewable energy sector mm-hmm. how they want to engage with new projects that are proposed in their backyard uh, and I think what we're seeing now is, that sort of propaganda, it's shifted and changed in a, a different way now. Um, mm. Before, it might have been very media-based, whereas yeah. now it's it's all digital. Yes. And and, and a big one is this kind of um, renewables are bad for, for nature. That's kind of one of mm. the disinformation campaigns. Mm. Uh, there was a study done on globally, what are the top five disinformation campaigns of all issues? And it's things like... Um, Issues around the rights of transgender people, yeah. uh, and uh, a, a number of different things, but mm. the sort of um, supposed environmental impacts of renewables is 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 within that yeah. um, that global sort of misinformation ca- campaign that comes from the right. Mm-hmm. Very sophisticated, operates on social media, um, you know, sort of Facebook advertising that gets into your your brain, yes. and then all of a sudden people are posting it on their own little groups and they become the vectors that spread the information in their community. So we're dealing with a very complex information environment. Mm. And so for a campaign, it's very challenging to figure out how to respond to that. Um, But social media is essential. And there are sometimes real conflicts between habitats and renewable projects. And I know at Friends of the Earth, we've navigated that with, you know, the Streslecki koalas and... Um, we try to work together to find a pathway through, obviously. Um, but, but what the disinformation does is that prevents you from addressing the real problem. Yes. Because you're yes. you're kind of fighting shadows rather than yeah. dealing with the reality of a situation where you can say this is the boundary and, and yeah. this is where it's good and this is where it's bad. Um, uh, and, Wendy, have you, have you noticed the impacts of, you know, uh, many years of right-wing propaganda on the renewable energy uh, um, out in the valley? Is that something that comes up? Um, yeah, so I actually think that is the cause of why there has been, you know, what has created the fear and that misunderstanding. And, you know, we've seen um, politics, you know, stand up and say coal is good for humanity and this, this is <laughs> coal, do not be scared, rock. you know. But we saw these sort of campaigns, um, if I can go back, you know, many years and mm. been a little bit older, and that's in this anti, you know, smoking. Yes, You yes. know, smoking is good for you. So we're seeing that, comfort, you know, industry that have got lots of money behind them will actually back these campaigns mm. to actually grasp onto what they've got so they don't lose it. I think, you know, one of one of the um, work that Friends of the Earth do really good in our campaign is actually looking at those environmental impacts and making sure that, you know, we, we can be on top of those. So we don't have that time to be, you know, answering every question on what you can find on Google because Google will tell you lots of things. Google will actually give you the answer you want to know if you want to look. Um, Google it, mate. Or Google it. Yeah, Google can also it. give That's you right. some odd odd responses. <laughs> but, you know, we have to also look at the actual facts right now, mm. and that is what the the damage that what we're doing to the environment and to humans and to animals mm. from burning coal mm. exactly is real. We're facing it. You know, this community yeah, that often gets it. lost. It does. It does. It really gets lost. And I can. Mm. I'm actually standing at the top of my house at the moment we've got a double story house so not on the roof and i can see 
um, the power station just from my home. Yeah. You know, but I also know the coal dust that we live with every day. Yes. I know the, um, you know, the rubbish that gets into our homes and into our, you know, and our kids' trampoline and things like that. You know, the coal mm. dust, it's real. Mm. It's damaging our environment. I, I, I see the health impacts around me. So when we actually um, want to fight, <laughs> I think... And what's interesting in that, so I'm just going to drop that other one for a minute. Yeah, absolutely. What's interesting is that when we're starting to move these um, new energy sources to different areas, these are areas that have never had to be part of the energy system. Mm. They've actually walked into their house and they've flipped their light on and they haven't had to think about where their energy comes from. Yeah. And they haven't had to think about the impact to the environment or Mm. the people around power stations. So as we change, we will have people going, but I had a green paddock there, mm. but I don't like it. If, if it changes. I remember um, driving along the freeway just after the Hazelwood mine fire and actually seeing the burnt trees along the freeway. The first mm. time I drove past there, my stomach fell. You know, my heart sunk. I was just like, wow. Yes. After a couple of days, it was like, oh, that's really bad. After a week, I don't think I noticed it anymore. Yeah, it's So when amazing. we're building new yeah. things and putting new things in, there will be a wow factor mm. until you actually don't notice it anymore. And I think this is where we have to come to the understanding that the brain accepts what is out there and we've got to make sure that we make sure that those what is out there is actually done really good. Yeah, I think you're absolutely right. Uh, I... Honestly, I could keep talking to you both forever. We <laughs> haven't even touched on, um, you know, the intellectual debate around rare earths and how we produce um, mm. renewable technology, which obviously, you know, if you speak to people in other parts of the world, it's a problem. Um, and, yeah, would definitely love to get you back on and continue this conversation of, you know, threading the pathways through that are still so necessary to get us off coal, um, but also addressing those, you know, really common discussions that we hear at the pub and mm. in activist circles all around the world. Uh, I was recently uh, last year in the Netherlands for a phone meeting and my Argentinian comrade uh, kept pointing at every electric car going, Argentinian lithium, Argentinian mm. lithium. Or Australian lithium. Or Australian you know, Australia lithium. Australia is one of the yeah, biggest yeah, exporters yeah. of lithium in the world. Exactly. Yeah. So it would be really great to sort of, deconstruct that a little bit mm. in another show because I know it's something that comes up again and again in conversation. I think that would be useful, yeah. I don't think we have time to do it now. In fact, we are out of time. I'm going to say goodbye to both of you. It's been a lovely first show back. Wonderful to have you on the line, Wendy. Thank you for joining us. You're listening to Community Radio. 3CR. 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 8.55 a.m. David Bowie, I think. Pat, I'll see you soon. Back on Dirt Radio. See you soon. It's 2023. Oh, my God. Let's go with David Bowie changes because it feels like this year is all about changes. And my time was running wild A million dead-end streets And every time I thought I got it made It seemed the taste was not so sweet So I turned myself to face me But I've never caught a glimpse How the others must see the faker I'm much too fast to take that test Ch-ch-ch-changes Turn and face the strange Ch-ch-changes Don't wanna be 